All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, February 7th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Pat, we got so much to get to. Let's just plow away. Plow away. We got a new number one. Go for it. New number one. Jackass Forever made $23.5 million in its first weekend, dethroning Spider-Man No Way Home. Number two, Moonfall made $10 million in its first weekend. Number three, hanging in there, Spider-Man No Way Home, six point, I mean, sorry, $9.6 million, down only 13%, lost 75 theaters. It is at $748.9 million in its eighth weekend. Number four, Scream made $4.7 million, down only 35%, lost 291 theaters. It's at $68.9 million in its fourth weekend. And rounding out the top five, we have Sing 2, making $4.1 million, down only 11%, lost 184 theaters. It's at $139.5 million in its seventh weekend. That is your top five. Great, great plowing there. Uh, I don't think there's really anything we need to talk about beyond the top five. Kingsman number six is still holding well and is probably going to get past West Side Story in another week or so, which will make one of Yo Boy Austin very happy. But, I mean, let's get into the big news. We got a new number one. Jackass Forever did it. And it came in under... I think our lofty predictions last week, we both thought this would get into the 30s and it didn't. It got to 23 and a half million. So it is the second lowest opening Jackass movie of the franchise. It just beats out the original Jackass, the movie. But this overall, while maybe disappointing compared to the loftiest of expectations, is still a huge win because reportedly this movie's budget was $10 million. So this is going to be a hugely profitable movie. It opened to number one, like every Jackass movie ever has done. And it showed that there is still strength in this IP, which is, you know, the most important phrase that you could have in our modern age. The IP is still strong. Yes, there is strength in this IP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know that that's that's better than any doctor telling you, you know, it's benign. Nowadays you want your doctor to tell you the IP is still strong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. when you when you go to the doctor and you say, I'm thinking of doing a Zorro project, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you want them to say that. You don't want them to say I'm sorry. That that IP has expired. I mean, if you're unless you're going to a quack, you know, if you're going to a quack, anything's possible. But if you're going to a decent doctor who didn't fall asleep through all of medical school and you go to this doctor and, and you're telling him that you want to uh, uh, get Zorro started again. I mean, that doctor is going to tell you this. The, this this IP is uh, 
is is not well. It's malignant. It can even be malignant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This IP is malignant, which also is that's a great doctor box office term considering how poorly the movie Malignant did this past summer. Oh, absolutely. You know, so a doctor diagnosing IP as malignant is basically telling you, much like the the movie Malignant it's dead at the box office. Yeah, oh, he's not even referring to the medical term. It was never even in his mind. He's referring to the James Wan failure. Yeah. Yeah. But Jackass Forever is not a malignant IP. Jackass Forever is a healthy IP that, I mean, you you know, let's not go into predicting will this see more movies. So neither of us have had a chance to see this movie opening weekend, which is we hoped... To have been able to do that. So as of the recording right now, you and I are both seeing it in another day or two. And I think coming out of that, we'll be able to talk about whether this movie has set Jackass up to be a continuing franchise past this point. You know, I've heard things about how this movie is setting up new potential Jackass stars to take over for the originals. But mean you really can't get into whether that is going to be successful or not, having not seen the film yet. Well, and this speaks to what I think is a strength of this franchise, is mm-hmm. that we were initially going to see this film together on Thursday night. Things things happened. You had family commitments. Right. And we were... and 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 the weather... You know, it was a rainy day in New York. True. This past weekend. Absolutely. And uh, and, uh, we are going to see it because this is a film you go see with your bros. Mm -hmm. Or you go Mm -hmm. see with the, uh, whatever the female equivalent to bros is, I guess friends. Right. So you see this, you see this in a group. You want to see this because if, if you can't go see it in a packed theater, you want to see it with a group of people so you all can bounce those laughs off each other. And I think that speaks yep. to the strength of this franchise because it is not a go-see-it-yourself-the-first-time movie. It's a possibly like, I will see this by myself again. Mm-hmm. But the initial need is to see it with a group of people, whether that's friends yes. or strangers. And I think that yes. is why Jackass is still strong. The other thing, we're looking at demos here from Deadline. Mm-hmm. 25% of the business was the over 35s. A whopping 67% were 18 to 34. Wow. That, that means that this is a IP that is getting younger. And that is money in the bank for Paramount because here's the thing. Jackass, like you said, the budget was 10. Say ad ad expenditure, getting it out there, doing all the TikTok videos, the billboards, the the other stunts that they did. It's Mm -hmm. usually twice the budget, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking 20 mil. It already Mm -hmm. made that back. So everything else is gravy. Plus, this is going to drive people to Paramount Plus once it goes on there, which I feel like they're probably going to have this be kind of a quick turnover. I I bet you by the time Batman comes out in the beginning of March, Jackass Forever will already be on Paramount Plus. Yes. And and what they'll be able to do there is market directly to the oldsters, the, the lifelong Jackass fans 
who, despite wanting to see others do physical harm to their body, they weren't, I don't want to say brave, but I'll say brave, weren't brave enough to go out into the theaters and see it themselves. You know, so Paramount Plus can now gear its advertising towards the oldsters, the longtime jackass fans who didn't go see it in the movie theater. Well, what I'll and say, yeah, that's going to be a big, that's going to be a big number because like, like these breakdowns are showing so far, it has been the younger people who went to go see it this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the oldsters who, you know, want to see this, you, you know, there's definitely a huge group of oldsters who are dying to see the jackass movie, but just didn't go see in the theater. So they'll, They'll catch it on Streamo soon, or maybe they'll be coming out throughout the week. You know, you might have the oldsters who are much like we're going to end up doing, seeing this movie on a Tuesday instead of opening weekend. They 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 want to mitigate risk, even as they go to see someone staple their nutsack or fight a bull or whatever the jackass boys are about to do in this movie. But see, I think it's smart that Paramount Plus gave this a theatrical only, did not go day and date, because if we're being honest here, if this movie would have been available to me on Paramount Plus Thursday night, Friday, I would have already watched it. I I just couldn't not. I was doing my rewatch. I did my thorough jackass rewatch where I I said I was going to only watch the theatrically released, and I obviously ended up watching uh, 2.5 and 3.5 because I was on a roll. And wow. and I was I was primed for this film, and if I could have segued that into a Jackass Forever viewing, I would have done it. I just would have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's smart that they're making this a destination, and they're and they're giving it that sort of only in theaters. And if it's only in theaters for a month, seventeen days, whatever it is, you're gonna make money off of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're going to have so, 4.5 coming at some point. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this movie is going to reap benefits past just so, the theatrical release. Do you think that we should discuss what made this movie, because it did open number one, it did open to $23.5 million for what is basically a bunch of people who are not famous other than within in the jackass world going out and doing stunts. And that movie made 23 and a half million. So should we talk about this in terms of what made this such a huge success? Or do we want to talk a little bit about what the reasons are that we think this movie maybe came in under some of the higher expectations? It didn't get to 30, you know, it's the second lowest opening of the franchise so I don't think we need to talk much about half it. full or half empty. Well, I don't think we need to talk about it underperforming because it was tracking in the teens. It was us. It was, who but thought, that always seemed that always seemed so odd. It, it did seem odd, but that was our our call was we thought it would do better than Scream mm-hmm. because we thought Scream was. A horror movie, which horror is strong at the theaters, but there was it had baggage from a unsuccessful previous film, and it's so meta that a lot of people might not go to it because they think they might have to see all the other movies, where you don't have to see the other Jackass movies to enjoy Jackass Forever, and so mm-hmm. I think it is that kind of I can just go without having to worry about any previous baggage, 
And that's why we thought it would go a little bit higher than what they were saying. I mean, this beat so, track. So why did it? Why did it open seven million dollars or so under the opening weekend of Scream? You know, Scream just opened a few weeks ago, so they're opening in pretty much the same historical time period. You know, Scream didn't have a, a, an advantage in terms of uh, uh, the state of the pandemic or anything like that. So. Why did Scream open higher than Jackass and seven million higher? You know, I thought those would have been just a million or two apart. It is a little surprising that Jackass came in so much under five creep. I, I think it is a oldster thing. I think it's the fact that over 35s didn't go. I mean, 25% is is not nobody, but it's not a high percent. And 35-year-olds. I mean, this this show, if you're 35, this show came out when you were 15. That's prime jackass time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing is that we're seeing the, the movie-going business transitioning to younger people. And I think you have to have a certain amount of over 35s in order to make a movie a, a huge success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, the jackass... S- audience the oldster jackass audience might also be the type of audience that is less mobile nowadays you know these are people who grew up watching their heroes shooting each other with uh uh uh, shooting each other in the chest with 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 guns with uh uh you know uh, bulletproof vests on and slamming each other in the nuts and jumping off of buildings and doing all this crazy stuff. Those are their heroes. So that audience just might not be uh, able to walk to a movie theater at this point in their life. Yeah. You know, because who knows what they've been doing for the last 20 years. Whereas the Scream audience, you know, they like to watch meta horror movies. Chances are that audience is in decent shape right now. Yeah, I mean, is that what is that why you think that it happened? I mean, what what would what would be your? I mean, other than that, do you think there's any reason why this didn't do thirty or thirty two? I mean, I guess there is something to you know. Your big worry last week was how poorly Action Point performed a few years ago. Yeah, and I I guess there is something to that Johnny Knoxville. His star has dimmed, you know, and obviously this is a high point again. He just opened number one with 23 and a half million, but he's, his star is dimmer going into this opening than it had been at any other point in the Jackass franchise. So I guess it's even dimmer than I thought, you know, action point was an outlier, but it did just show us something, which is that the Jackass stars had waned a little bit in the eyes of the movie going audience. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything this particular weekend that we could really point to, you know, the, the, the weather in New York, I don't think really affects it. We had a lot of rain. I don't think the rain is really keeping people out of the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, and they, they did about as good of a job as scream did of, promotion in the weeks or so leading up to it Mm -hmm. so i guess it really is the star power aspect 
And, you know, I, I guess here's, here's part of it is that Scream is something that is still very hard to replicate on the internet. You know, Scream is a big narrative, big budget. It's who's the killer, you know, who you're going to get to see all of these movie special effect deaths. You know, that that's very classic movie stuff. And with Jackass, there is some, some aspect of what you get in a Jackass movie has been replicated to some degree in what you could get on the internet. Yeah. So that probably, if you really think about it, is one of the biggest things going against this being as big of a hit as the other Jackass movies. Because even as far back as uh, 2011 when or 2010 when Jackass 3D came out, the internet probably wasn't giving you as many prank and stunt videos as you could get right now. Yes. Well, that's been our thing with comedy in general. Mm-hmm. And we've said this, I think, in a lot of previous episodes. It's like comedy is something you can find on your phone all the time consistently. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. horror is one of the only things other than those big budget superhero films that is very hard to replicate in your home. And there's a lot of homegrown TikTok comedy stars. But, and, you know, listen – Email us if you know of any of these, but I don't think there's any homegrown TikTok horror stars. I mean, they're I, they're they're probably I'm I'm sure when you say email us, don't email us that. Um, there probably are some, but you're right. There's no way it's replicating what you get in a theatrical horror movie in the way that TikTok comedy people and TikTok pranksters and stuntsters could replicate more closely what you would get in a comedy movie or a prank stunt movie. Um, so that, you know, that probably is it, you know, that's probably the biggest reason other than the stardom of Johnny Knoxville, having finally dimmed a little bit the last decade that Jackass Forever didn't hit thirty million. And here's the other thing: uh, when you're looking at at, at demos, sixty eight percent men, thirty two percent women. You, uh, I'm sure horror movies have a higher amount of women going to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, horror movies are still a more palatable date movie than a movie in which a group of 40 and 50 year old men staple their nutsacks together. Yeah. You know, that's a tougher sell on a date. It's very Um, true. And, and like you said, Jackass is the type of movie where packs of men go together to see the movie. And it's harder to get a woman to go do something with a pack of men. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll go do something. They'll see a movie with a man, possibly a man and a man friend. But it's a it's a tougher proposition to get a woman to go somewhere with a pack of men. Smart. And that's that's. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. So th- that's a tougher sell. You know, ladies go out this weekend, see Jackass with with a local pack of men. 
Yes. And I think Jackass, huge success. I think we were starting to get negative. I pushed us towards the glass half half empty. Jackass in 2021, opening to 23 and a half million. That was a huge success. This movie is going to be a hit and we'll follow it as it goes. I want to say that leading into Moonfall, which this is a true disaster. Well, the thing with Moonfall, and I think we'll get to the like other reasons why this movie may have failed, but when you look at the audience demo here, mm-hmm. 75% over 25 and 31% over 45 so yeah. this is not this this skewed towards older people and they're not going to see films. That's why right now it's a 10 million by Monday, by the time this because we're recording on Sunday, by mm-hmm. the time this comes out, this episode, we might see that it is the th- number three movie mm-hmm. in the country and that Spider-Man has overtaken it because 10 million to six point uh, nine point six. I keep wanting to say six point nine and it's not it's not. Because I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not a bit. No, no. You're not trying to say 69, huh? You're yeah. You're not doing that. I, I just have dyslexia with those two numbers because of how similar yeah. they are. One's the other one upside down. Right, right. So, uh, but yeah, so the the fact that, the, that, that it made 9.6, I mean, there's a chance Spider-Man beats this movie and then this is going to be, I mean, it's, it's already a disaster, but it's, it's, it's going to be a larger disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster. And again, we're not critics, huh? huh. We're, we're box office analysts, the best in the business. And we're not casting any dispersions on the quality of Moonfall. In fact, we had a couple of friends texting us over the weekend, they both saw Moonfall on Friday and they both seemed to like it a lot. Or at least we're saying things like, it was fun, it was what I wanted, the ending was what I wanted, that type of stuff. So this movie might be very fun. But here's the thing. What mm-hmm. age group are they in? They are oldsters. They're oldsters. They're, they are both fit oldsters. These are both oldsters who are at the height of their powers, our friends. But in terms of box office demos, they are both oldsters. Yes. And that, that is a huge problem because they were the ones who saw it on opening day. They were the ones who said it was what they wanted. And that is a problem. Right now, if you want to be a hit movie, it should not be what they wanted. It should have been what 18-year-olds wanted, 19-year-olds wanted. 23-year-olds wanted. It was what oldsters wanted, and therefore this movie opened to $10 million. Exactly. I mean, I mean, the thing with Moonfall is it's a huge disaster because the budget was $140 million. Mm-hmm. And opening a $10 million, chances are this movie is going to tap out domestically at around 20, 25 million, maybe it gets a 30, probably not. You know, Moonfall's looking like a movie that will get to around 20. Yes. And it costs 140 million. So that is a huge disaster. And this is a movie that it's, you know, we always want to see everything hit, 
But this is, to me, kind of a comforting bomb in that Moonfall is a bomb that would have bombed, I think, at any time. You know, Moonfall is not a bomb because of the pandemic, and Moonfall is not even a bomb because the only things that are hits are superhero movies. You know, I don't even think Moonfall is a victim of that. Moonfall is just your classic. Nobody wanted this. This, I don't even think in the 90s, you know, at the height of just big blockbuster, you know, non-IP, but big crazy premise blockbusters. I, I don't think Moonfall, it would have just been a a poor man's Armageddon that bombed. You know, with this level of star, you know, there. this was a $140 million space movie that didn't have a true giant movie star to anchor it. Yeah. And that's always a recipe for a box office disaster. Absolutely. If you don't have an IP, you mm-hmm. sure as shit better have a star. Yes. Yes. And it didn't. Yes. And you're right. This is a movie that... I don't think people are in the mindset of, I just want a dumb, fun, bad action movie to go see in the theater. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the big difference. Because again, like we're saying, this is a product-motivated market. You can't get away with something just being at the theater and it the theater being the destination. The theater's not the destination. The product's the destination. So- yeah. Moonfall was nobody's destination except for a few oldsters yep. and they're not they're not the bulk of the theater going public anymore. And so you can't something like this is going to be catered to the most avid of film goers. Mm-hmm. The kind of people who watch pretty much anything cuz they like going to the cinema. And those and those mm-hmm. are the kind of people that will see a movie like this. But somebody who has yet to go back to the theater because of COVID and things like that, this is not by any means going to get anybody to put on their their actual pants and go outside and then get in their car and then drive to a theater. Like just the thought of doing that for Moonfall, no. it's exhausting to a person. No. And, and it's not the type of movie that's going to get teenagers and 20-somethings excited because there's not a movie star that appeals to them. You know, this is Holly Berry, Patrick Wilson, great actors, but Holly Berry to a teenager or a 20-something, that's your that's your daddy's movie star. Yeah. You know, that's your mommy's movie star. That ain't your movie star. You know, Holly Berry is someone that you read about in the history books if you're a teenager or 20-something. Yes. Again, not casting dispersion on Holly Berry. She is just, again, uh, she's great. She's great, and she's as great now as she ever was, but she's not a, a draw to the people who are determining what are the hit movies of 2021. And Patrick Wilson never was. Great actor. But he never was a box office draw, even though, like we said, he happens to have two horror franchises that he's the lead in. But he's not a movie star. Moonfall is a movie that needed a young 
movie star. You know, it needed Zendaya mm-hmm. to be in the Holly Berry part if it, if it had any hopes. You know, I don't know how a movie like Moonfall gets greenlit at that price, not being an IP, and then the leads are Patrick Wilson and Holly Berry. Well, well here's you know, the they, thing. They could be in this movie. They could be uh, uh, value adds, but they cannot be the most, the big draws in the cast. Roland Emmerich raised the money for this movie independently. Mm-hmm. And then it was released by, who released this? I'm not, Lionsgate. 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 So it's not like a it's not like a company bankrolled this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe he did the same thing for Midway. He's trying to do an M okay. Night, but okay. at a level that is ridiculous because M Night raises money independently and his movies cost twenty, thirty, forty million dollars. Right, right. M Night financed a couple of those indie movies by uh uh you know remortgaging his house mm-hmm. you know so he's doing at a remortgaging your house level of movie you know i i don't know what house you'd have to re- remortgage to finance moonfall the other thing that we're not touching on which i do think is important here is that space movies don't do business anymore no and and i think no. young people don't care about space when we were younger mm-hmm. the hottest ticket going was a shuttle launch. Mm-hmm. You gotta see the shuttle launch. You gotta you gotta watch it on TV. Drop everything. You're a little kid. It's going off on Cape Canaveral. You gotta go. You gotta see. Kids are going to space camp. The uh, looking at, thinking of space as a thing that you someday will want to do mm-hmm. is no mm-hmm. longer the way kids think because also you're looking at space getting such a bad such a bad kind of i don't want to say rap yes. but but it it, it it when you have the Elon Musks the Jeff Bezos yep. those people they're the ones who are doing the space travel and the younger crowd don't like those people so they're not that is they're not aspiring to reach the stars because they think oh well if i go to the stars Elon Musk is going to be there and that's lame to me. That is such a that is such a, a great point. You know, we're of the generation where our heroes, our space heroes were Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, Tom Hanks. We were never really sure is he playing an astronaut? Is he an astronaut? It was always a blurry line for us. Didn't really even matter. We were just Didn't like matter. Tom Hanks is a, is a space uh hero. And you're right. Nowadays, if you are in your teens or in your 20s and, you know, everyone at that age, they're 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 very uh, socially aware, politically aware, they're activists, you're anti-space. You know, SpaceX is is something that to the the young movie going audience probably gives space a bad rap. You know, right now space is kinda is is kinda icky territory. It's another and playground Moonfall, for the rich. Yep. I mean, are yep. we gonna see some I mean, are we gonna have to deal with someday oh who was on who was on Bezos's uh uh, uh space space shuttle, you know? Right. 
I right. mean, I shouldn't Who even say stuff like this because this is going on the internet and it's owned by these people. So right. I'm putting my right. life in my hands by saying these things. And I'm not saying We're, that this is what's going to happen. I'm saying this is what the young people are thinking. So go after them, right. not me. Right. We're not saying this to uh, uh, criticize Jeff Bezos, to criticize Elon Musk in any way. What we're saying is this is the the kind of thing that led to Moonfall having a disastrous opening weekend at the box office. We're not out here saying that we have any evidence of anything that Jeff Bezos and yeah, Elon yeah, Musk uh, might be doing in space. Yeah. We don't have that. We're only saying that the the people might see it that way and therefore they didn't go to see Moonfall in the movie theaters. This feels to me like if 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 we lose this episode this is feeling like a Chrissy Hemi 2.0 situation right now. So let's get off of right. this, but let's just say space right, is right. not where it's at for the TikTok generation. No, no. I mean, yeah, space, space movies in general are just, they, they were a bad proposition for a while, you know, even pre Bezos and Elon Musk tainting space. It, it's, it's just, a mostly fail. I mean, obviously, I guess you could point to there is The Martian, there is uh, Gravity, but those movies were five to ten years so ago. So long ago. Yeah. We're think- I'm thinking of Ad Astra. I'm thinking right. of First Man. Right, right, right. Those, right. those Space, are bombs. But, yeah. You know, it, it really might be the recent tainting of space. Uh, uh, put moonfall in a position where there, there was no way it was going to work it's moon fail i mean we got to say it is a moon fail everybody else has and been saying it is is this not the end of roland emmerich but it, you know i mean i guess when you're pulling money together from you know dozens of european billionaires or or you know funneling uh you know asian billionaires whatever he's whatever he's doing to get this money even those roads might start to get closed for him because this is such a giant giant failure Mm -hmm. i i wonder if he'll be able to pull this off again i mean he could always i guess get hired to direct a superhero movie because he's still you know he is such a steady hand well they came out against he came out against the dc star wars and marvel films but that was before this movie opened up yeah i mean will they just turn their back on him and say don't don't talk shit this is what you get right right because they don't need him that's the thing nobody needs him Yeah. Yeah, this this could be the end of the line for him because I, I I think after something like this, it's gonna be tough for him to even cull together uh money from outside of the studios. I would say maybe a Netflix show because they just will and I this is nothing against Roland Emmerich, but they will just release any slop. And I do right, think that right. if Roland Emmerich had a semi decent idea for a six episode 10 episode series they'll bankroll it because who cares right 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 they just need more slop for the bucket so let's just throw it in there he's a name yeah and that's what they want 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll do our predictions for next weekend later because there's actually a lot of new movies coming out, but Moonfall is just going to, it's really going to crater going forward. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else we want to say about this past weekend? I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home at number three, possibly ending up at number two, depending on how the final numbers come in Monday morning. Um, this 13% drop, the, another incredible hold for Spider-Man. This this is, you know, again, it's it's one of the biggest movies of all time, and I'm still impressed every weekend at how great these holds are well people are saying now that this movie is going to beat avatar by the time uncharted comes out which is the next mm. movie starring spider-man himself tom holland mm-hmm. and that that will be around the same weekend mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. avatar going down the chart here for the the highest domestic grocer of all time seems to be an ine- inevitability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to happen. And, you know, it'll be so interesting in a couple of weeks when Uncharted opens with Tom Holland because Tom Holland is exactly the type of guy who should have been the lead in Moonfall. You know, Moonfall should not open with Holly Berry and uh, Patrick Wilson, that movie should have been Tom Holland and Zendaya if it had any hope of breaking through. And then, and here's a great idea for it too, and then uh, and then he's Spider-Man though. Yes, well that would have been the key is he also, would, it would have had to be a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I so, think I'm good on this top 10 here. We need to get to some ominous news. Yeah, let's go for it. So you have in front of you an email that we both received and many people received. Basically, anyone who has ever at some point had a movie pass subscription received an email this past week from MoviePass. Clayton, could you tell us what did that email say? Well, the email, the title was Movie Pass Relaunch. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I had to immediately click. I got this a day ago. Mm-hmm. And you have in the body of the email, you've got that iconic MoviePass logo. It's a great the logo. skinny movie and the fat pass. Mm-hmm. And then all black with, and mm-hmm. in white type. This is all in white type. In quotes, 2.0. And then, please join us for a special movie pass event at the Walter Reed Theater, hosted by original co founder and CEO Stacy Spikes. Watch it online at moviepass.com. It's February 10th, 2022. So, what, that'll be Thursday. Thursday. There is a button to RSVP. And I attempted to RSVP, and it was sold out. Wow. Which means that you can, I can watch it on moviepass.com, but I cannot physically be at the Walter Reed Theater, which is something that I could have been on Thursday at 3 p.m. But here's a thing. Because that is, Walter Reed Theater is at Lincoln Center in New York City. Yes, 
So right. here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I am going. There is uh, uh, down when I went to the website. There is down at the bottom mm-hmm. a place where you can get press credentials. Okay. It says for press credentials, please RSVP at redacted. I'm not going to say the email. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I am available for this. Mm-hmm. I am going to email this person and attempt to get a, p- a press credential to the movie pass relaunch. I mean, this this to me is a slam doink from all ends. We obviously need to be there. The B.O. boys need to be at this event, boots on the ground. Not not just watching this on a on a live stream, but smelling the smells, seeing the sights in front of us of whatever movie pass 2.0 means. And and also what you know what uh dangers that poses you know the people in that room i don't think are uh necessarily safe you you don't know we we don't know what this means mm-hmm. and i think the bo boys need to be there seeing what it all means reporting what it means but also incurring the risk of what they might have in store and specifically you need to be the one who's in that room you know, because I'll have other things to do, and I think you're you're just in a better place in life to uh, incur the risk of whatever Movie Pass 2.0's live announcement is going to be. Absolutely, I'm uh, yes, I I definitely agree with all that you're saying. I know what mm-hmm. you mean by saying that, and you're saying it in such a nice way. Yes, 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 thinly veiled, but veiled to some degree. That Bailed people enough. that have no clue about how I live my life would think, oh, you know, Pat really thinks Clayton is brave. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not what the they case. would think. That's not the case, though. Yeah. Now, what intrigues yeah. me here is that mm-hmm. they say if you're in person attending in the theater, you will receive a special gift. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I would like to see what that special give, gift is. I love merch. Therefore, I'd be very excited to see what it is. The other mm-hmm. thing. At the bottom here, it says, P.S. If you have your old MoviePass card, please bring it. <gasps> I, in fact, do have my old MoviePass card. Now, Pat, what happened to your MoviePass card? I cut it up live on Instagram you in did. one of the few Instagram posts I've ever done. One of the few social media posts I've ever done. But I cut it up on Instagram years ago. Um, when I made the switch to AMC A list, and you quit I, I cut, Movie Pass before the bitter end, did you not? Yes, you stayed till the bitter end. I I jumped. I listen as I would on any sinking ship. I pushed my way towards a life raft very quickly in the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I cut up that Movie Pass card, got on a life raft. And got out of town early, whereas you held on to that movie pass as the cold water engulfed you. You know, you were just sticking your hand up from the water, 
holding up that red movie pass in the freezing cold water. I was already on shore. I was long gone. I still have my card intact. Mm -hmm. It is in the same place I keep my birth certificate Mm -hmm. and my social security card. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is not a lie. Oh, I I believe it. Those are those are the documents that would identify you um in you know, in a worst case scenario. You know, those are those are the things for the Clayton lockbox. For sure. And I also I, have my SAG card from when I last paid my dues. Mhm. You are in better standing with MoviePass than you are with uh, the Screen Actors Guild, right? Oh, now. absolutely. Absolutely. So this is Thursday. Mm-hmm. What do we think this MoviePass 2.0 announcement could even be? You know, what are the possibilities? Is it is there any chance a MoviePass is coming back in the same form that they used to be in the in the are they going to be the same type of business in that they are going to be a subscription service where people could for a certain amount of money every month see a certain amount of movies in a movie theater do we think a there is a chance that that is what movie pass is going to be again well yes because i'm glad to know that you you received this email as well because part of me felt like it was a possible sting operation right right what are those things where they the... say, you know, here, you want a boat, come get it, and then mm-hmm. you're, you end up in the who's gal. So the fact that right. you got it definitely means that it's legit. Right. Now, right. I read Because, an... again, I was one of the first ones off the sinking ship. Yeah. Now, I read an interview with Stacy Spikes, who is the co-founder, who originally f- co-founded this, this uh, company, and he's back. And what he's saying is that pretty much they're going to attempt to do MoviePass like it was before the insanity, before the $10 for any movie. Okay. And what he's saying is that when you look at A-List, when you look at Regal Unlimited, I mean, one of those is an extremely well-executed idea. The other one is a complete shit show that shackles Mm -hmm. you for a year. And mm-hmm. makes you want to gnaw your leg off. Right. And Regal. you are subscribed to one of those two services yes, right now. Yes, Regal. Yeah. And so he sees that there's people who would want something like this. And no, the power of MoviePass is that it was not limited to one theater company. You could go see mm-hmm. it at your small independent theaters. And that seems to be what his focus is. He's making it seem like he wants to focus more on those smaller theaters, which I don't think is a bad idea as long as those smaller theaters play ball. And his thought is, right. we're not going to work against the theaters. We're not going to try to circumvent the theaters. We are going to try and do something to get the butts in the seats on Friday nights, which this guy's mm-hmm. saying all the right things. Will he be able to do this is another thing. But mm-hmm. if he is able to make a pass that you spend a certain amount of money and you can go to Alamo and you can go to the Nighthawks or the equivalent of the Nighthawk in your in your city and mm-hmm. you can go to the IFC center or whatever the equivalent is in your city 
mm-hmm. that I think would be worth whatever the cost would be. Yeah, I mean, it'll if it's that kind of service, it's gonna have to be a much higher monthly buy-in than what MoviePass was in that crazy year or so when it was ten dollars a month. You know, it'll probably end up being something that is sixty dollars a month, or who knows? Oh, you know, it's not going to be that high. Or, I don't. I don't believe it could be that. In high. New York, it will be. In New York, it will be. But it, it it'll have to be something that is only worthwhile for people who are seeing three to four movies a month. I would guess. You know, there's. It's not because the whole thing that killed them last time was that. It was such a low subscription uh, uh, cost that the fact that their customers use the pass put them into crippling debt. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't price it so low that you don't want your customers to ever use your service. That that was the key mistake MoviePass made when they went to $10 a month, is that the only way that they could get to a profit is if their customers all never use their service. And, and yeah. And, and well, that was with the understanding or the thought that they would be able to strong arm the theaters into playing ball. And the theater said, no F you. Right. Right. And no that discounts was, to movie pass. Yeah. Yes. And so that was the thought was like, we're going to put them over the barrel and see what happens. I don't think that is what spike wants to do. I think spike right. is like, we're both in this barrel together, so let's let's make this barrel the nicest barrel we possibly can. Right. So that is one possibility of what Thursday's announcement is going to be. Movie passes back. We're still a subscription service where we get you to be able to see uh, quote unquote free movies at different theaters for the monthly subscription price. It could be that, but. I do think there's a chance that this announcement is going to be something that is not a scam, but is kind of a pull the rug out from everyone. And, you know, they are just presenting a new kind of uh, uh, caffeine infused beer. You know what I mean? Like, here's an energy drink. I don't think that we can discount the possibility that this is a big announcement of an energy drink that movie pass is, is just promoting through the fact that they have this huge catalog. They have this huge listserv, you know, and they have a, they have the kind of brand recognition that they could get everyone to watch this event. And all it's going to be is the announcement of an energy drink. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, is will that be the free gift? I don't know. I mean, that's why I need this pass. That's why I need to get this press pass. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to email early in the morning because I'm not going to email late at night on a Sunday. That's psychotic behavior. Right. I right. got to make it seem like, hey, you know, we got. Uh, Clayton from the BO boys, you know, can I get one of those press passes? You know, just sorry, I had a big weekend, you know, jackass being number one, a lot of analysis I had to do. 
Right. So make it seem like I'm I'm so busy that I'm like, oh well, maybe. Uh, you know, I thought about it and I I want to come. Right. 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 I can't be right. too eager. I can't be too eager. No, that's a that's key to any time any legitimate journalist requests a press pass is they can't seem eager. Yeah. They have to seem nonchalant and almost too busy to cover the event, yeah. but still willing to cover the event. And I could be like, oh, I was, uh, I was talking to my friend Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. Oh, uh, even though I wasn't, but Jeff would, I mean, if someone called him and was like, hey, was Clayton hanging out with you this weekend? Jeff would have my back. He's that kind of guy. Of course. I mean, here's the thing is we're the B.O. boys. This is one of the most important industry uh, uh, podcasts there is. No one covers the box office quite like the B.O. boys. We have contemporaries who are amazing. Scott Mendelson uh, at Forbes, Jeff Bach at Exhibit Relations Co., Anthony D'Alessandro of Deadline, of course. These are all great, great people in the industry, but the B.O. boys are right there. So MoviePass needs us on there. And by us, you, you need to be the one who's in that room taking the risk of whatever MoviePass is about to do. The B.O. boys have to be there. So let's make this happen, MoviePass. Put hashtag put Clayton in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, put Clayton in the room. If, you know, I want to succeed in this. If I don't get a press pass for some odd reason, I mean, I will watch it on moviepass.com just so I'm able mm-hmm. to report what happened. Mm-hmm. But hopefully I will be in the room. I will have that gift and I will bring my card for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I I think you're not at too much risk in there. I don't think it's a trap. I think there's a possibility that's a trap. You know, I think number one most likely is a revised subscription movie going service. Two possibility is announcement of an energy drink. Third possibility is a trap. Murder like room that, of some that, sort. Yeah, that this is this is getting everyone together and it's a murder room or some kind of escape room situation. The live streaming aspect of it gives some credence to that. You know, that that the movie pass is organizing some kind of either murder room or or uh uh escape room and they're gonna be live streaming this um on their website for the whole world to see so that their statement is is known whatever that statement is so there's i think the third possibility is yes it is a trap but i think that's the lowest of the possibilities i think i think energy drink and revised business plan are much more likely yeah i mean there it, it, online gambling is now legal in new york city so there is a chance mm-hmm. that this is some sort of running man type survival game right 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 that, that this is movie pass right movie pass is in partnership with DraftKings to bring you the uh you know the televised survival competition of x movie pass subscribers and now maybe you know, MoviePass I, is a service that creates s- snuff films mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that they're now a company because what happens when you die? You pass. 
Right. And they make movies of your passing. So it's right. it's a possibility this will be a mass snuff film that I'm I'm now part of. Right. And that's right. what MoviePass is now. Right. And you could bet on the result. You could bet on the ending of the snuff film on DraftKings. Right. It's definitely possible. It's possible. I think I'm actually leaning towards it's an energy drink, but we'll find out and hashtag put Clayton in the room. And why can't it be all three? Why couldn't it be all three? It could be. I mean, that's very industrious. But, you know, Stacy, is it Stacy Schur, the CEO? Stacy Spikes. Have some fucking respect. Stacy Spikes might have had a lot. You know, MoviePass has been... Uh, down for a couple of years. Stacy Spikes has probably had a lot of time to think up cool new stuff. And maybe it is all three. Maybe it's the subscription services back and we got an energy drink and we're partnering up with DraftKings to allow you to gamble on who will survive our live stream snuff film and just do it, do it all, do it all. And again, hashtag put Clayton in the room because for any of those possibilities, I would love to see you you know you you be there live yeah plus i i'm gonna bring my resume try to get a job oh of course of course you got to get your beak wet so we'll have more on movie pass later in the week maybe this is going to call for an emergency episode and uh we, we will be your your place to go to find out what happens movie pass 2.0 this thursday february 10th so, yes. Clayton, should we – I mean, this is a packed show, but it can't be a second shorter because we've got to now look ahead to what is a pretty packed weekend. Absolutely. You know, this Friday, February Jam-packed. 11th, has got some big movies coming out. It absolutely does. Uh, and it has uh, some movies that I didn't even remember were coming out, mm-hmm. like the Liam Neeson action starer. Blacklight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Liam Neeson, I'm going to pull this up right now. Liam Neeson is someone who has had two domestic theatrical releases in pandemic times. And when I say pandemic times, like he had two movies come out right in the thick of it. Mm -hmm. So October 15th, 2020, he had Honest Thief open up, and that movie ended up making $14 million total at the domestic box office. And its opening weekend, it opened up at $3.6 million. And then he had, just a couple of months later, he had The Marksman opened up, and that movie ended up at $15.5 million total domestically. And its opening weekend on January 15th was 3.1 million. Mm-hmm. So those, again, those are prime, pre-vaccine, pre-anyone being vaxxed and waxed. Maybe January 15th for the marksman, you had some healthcare workers who were getting the, the vaccine early. So maybe some of them actually got to go see the marksman, vax and wax, but very, very, very few. So... Now he's finally got one of his action movies coming out in more normal box office time. So right off the bat, do we think 
that black light is going to open bigger than the marksman and honest thief. No. Interesting. I don't believe so. And I believe it's because this is one of the most generic movie titles. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember it. We kept talking about this movie and I could yep. not remember the name. I could remember the tagline though, which is they're going to need more men. That's the tagline. That's a great tagline. I mean, that's the could movie that title. have been, yeah, they're going to need more men. That's that's yeah. That's a good title. Is that the tagline? It is the tagline. They're going to need more men. I'm looking at the 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 poster of this movie is a picture of Liam Neeson in a black overcoat with sort of like red, you know, coloring behind him. It says black light. They're going to need more men. And he's holding a gun in his right hand. Now, this is being distributed by a company called Briarcliff Entertainment, mm-hmm. who I'm looking at their history of releases. The first movie they ever released was a documentary called Fahrenheit 11.9. Okay. Which is, I think- a Michael Moore movie. Michael, it is a Michael Moore movie, yeah. One of his least successful. Mm-hmm. Total gross, $6.3 million. Mm-hmm. Then they released a drama called El Chicano. Okay. Just no clue about. Mm-hmm. And then another documentary. So that was 2019. Uh, Fahrenheit 11.9 was 2018. The Dissident, which is another documentary in uh, 2020. And then Blacklight is their latest. So they've only released four movies in their history. Wow. And three of them were documentaries. Yes. El Chicano looks like it's... Uh, about a detective assigned to investigate a vicious cartel. Let's see if okay. there's anybody well-known. George Lopez was in it. Okay, so no. Yeah, that's it. No no movie stars, at least. George Lopez, well-known, but not a movie star. So, yeah, Blacklight is, you know, and I watched the trailer. It's as generic as it gets. It is that the, the the one the log line here is Liam Neese is a, as an FBI operative who gets involved in a government conspiracy. I mean so, that's so generic. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It it will be something if this generic Liam Neeson action movie opens up at or the same or lower than the generic Liam Neeson action movies that, again, came out before anyone was able to be vaccinated and when the movie theaters were really at, at, at a low, when no one was going. But it might just be the Liam Neeson audience is the Liam Neeson audience, and they were going then, and they'll go now, and it's the same $3.5 million worth of people. Yeah, the tracking right now is from two to five million. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm saying I'm saying it's gonna be in between the marksman and uh, an honest thief. I'm I'm seeing like three, three point four or something. Okay, that's so my base, thought. basically at height of the pandemic levels. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes that seem more plausible is also that when those other Liam Neeson movies were coming out, there was very little competition. Mm-hmm. You know, they both opened at number one. They were the quote unquote big movies of those weekends. They were coming out at a time when, you know, you just, you didn't have a lot of big product out there. You know, this weekend, this movie's coming out up against two other big, bigger name releases for sure. Yes. And Liam Neeson is a movie star that really does appeal to the oldsters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that he is hot amongst teenagers and 20-somethings. Nope. And that is not what you want out of your your movie stars right now. And I so think the promotional agree, this is, mu- muscle mm-hmm. Briarcliff has compared to Disney, 20th Century Studios, or Universal Pictures is going to be so mm-hmm. much lower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have I have not been seeing a lot about this movie. Like I don't know about you, but I haven't even noticed commercials for Blacklight during the NFL at all the last few weeks. Yeah. Which you would think. I mean, obviously that's the best place to advertise anything on television right now is the NFL. But especially if you are trying to reach the Liam Neeson fan base, and I, I yes. just have not seen anything. I don't think they're spending a lot of money promoting Blacklight. I'm going to actually go lower then. I'm going to actually say I think this is a 2.8. Yeah, I I agree. This this It really also is the title of this movie is so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the marksman is generic, but it's at least generic in a way that feels exciting. You know, the the marksman is a generic name, but at least you know what a marksman is. He's a guy who's shooting people, and he's good at it because he's a marksman. So, all right, they'll be shooting in this movie. And then Honest Thief is actually a cool title because at least it's a contrast. It's like if you called it Thief, it's one thing, but Honest Thief, you're like, oh, that's odd. They're not meant to, uh, thieves are not typically honest. So something's going on in this movie that's intriguing. That's a good title. Blacklight is what you use to, you know, and if you have kids in the car, cover their ears. It's what you use to see if there are cum stains on your hotel sheets. Use a blacklight. Well, and that's the thing is that if this is a movie about a detective, Mm -hmm. a stained detective, Mm -hmm. a detective Mm -hmm. who goes and looks for stains and he finds a stain that the government doesn't want him to know about. Right. That is a movie that has a unique premise. He's got a unique job. And that would be something I'd want to see. That's not what this movie is. No, no, no. And if it, it is, is not they're about... doing a bad job marketing it. Right. Don't hide the stain in the commercial. Show us, show us the stain. Lead with the stain. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. This is this Liam Neeson movie, as far as I could tell, is not about him as a cop who's using a black light to, again, if kids in the car cover their ears to look for jizz stains on hotel bed sheets. That's Although, not what this is. It's like the tagline of uh they well, they need to send more men. Yeah. 
and it's called Blacklight. I mean, what are they what are they trying to make us think? I mean, if that was the premise of this movie, you know, if the premise of this movie was he was looking for again, cover kids' ears, cover their looking ears. for jizz stains on hotel bedroom sheets, I would say go with the tagline as the title, even in that case. Call the movie. They're going to need to send more men. Like, is he investigating whether there was, cover kids' ears, a, a bukkake that happened here? I mean, then call that movie bukkake. Because even, again, even in that situation, Blacklight is still the most generic title for that type of movie. True. You know, Blacklight is the least creative movie for the Cover the Kids' Ears, Jism Stain movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, rarely do we put so much fault on a movie's title for the expected uh, disappointment that it's going to be the box office. But I do think Blacklight, when this movie comes in under the height of the pandemic opening weekends of Honest Thief, and the marksman. I do think the title is going to have something to do with it. So we'll save that for next week when we analyze it. But I think we both agree Blacklight is going to have a rough opening weekend. What do you think, though, about this next movie that's coming out this Friday, December, uh, December, this Friday, February 11th, Death on the Nile? It is finally happening. The long-awaited sequel to Murder on the Orient Express directed by and starring Kenneth Branagh, is coming out this Friday. Now, the first, the the Murder on the Orient Express was a hit. Was a huge hit. Uh, I have in front of me, this movie opened up November 10th, 2017, opened to $28.6 million domestic, Ended up at $102 million domestic. That movie was a very big hit, especially for a, you know, it was an adult murder mystery movie. Wasn't IP, wasn't anything like that. That was a big hit. So it made sense when they greenlit, you know, at the time it was 20th Century Fox. They greenlit a sequel, put together another star-studded cast. And this movie has been on the shelf for a few years now. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people say this is a cursed film, this film, it's mm-hmm. gonna bomb mm-hmm. because of this reason and that reason. And it's all of those reasons that they mention are TMZ reasons. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this movie is going to fail because of TMZ reasons. Okay. I think it's just because oldsters aren't going to to the theater and this is a movie for oldsters. Yeah. That's my thing is I think this is a movie because the people who are going to go see this film don't know anything about the TMZ shit. And if they do, they don't care. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so they're just trying to pay their mortgage. So I think this is a movie that if we were in an environment where oldsters were going to the theater, I think this could do really well. It's tracking from 12 to 17 right now, and I'm going to go on the lower end of that mm-hmm. because I also don't know if this is a film that is attractive to your 18 to 34-year-olds, mm-hmm. especially with Jackass out, Spider-Man still out. 
I just don't right. think this is a movie for them, and that's who's going. So I, I see this as being on the lower end of the tracking. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The the sort of with your you know quote unquote TMZ reasons why people are saying this movie is a curse movie. I do think that affects this movie in terms of it's got a cast right now that is not in a position to promote the movie. Mm, that's a big, you know, one. which is, you know, that is one of the big reasons anyone gets hired to be the star of a movie is that the studio is expecting they will be part of the promotional machine. You know, so when you have Army Hammer as the one of the big leads of this movie, one negative you could say right off the bat is you can't really use Army Hammer to promote the movie. He's not going to be on Jimmy Fallon this week. And I don't think and his social media, I'm not even sure if he has social media anymore. Probably not. And if he does, it's probably not going to be very worthwhile in getting people to the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at the rest of this cast... You know, Annette Bening is in this great actress. I don't think she really has much in the way of social media presence with teenagers and 20-year-olds. Um, Gal Gadot is in this. She is in a weird spot in terms of stardom. There's a, a lot of people who dislike her, but she also was in Red Notice, which Netflix says is like the biggest, most viewed movie ever. Who knows what that means? I, I really don't know what Gal Gadot means in terms of getting people to a movie theater anymore. Um, you know, Kenneth Branagh, he's the he's the star of this. You know, he plays the detective. He was the star of the first one. He's the director of this. And he's in this spot where you would think he's bigger than ever because Belfast is going to be up for best picture and, and all that, but also Belfast, the movie almost no one has seen. Yeah. So, nobody's seen Belfast. So in some ways, Kenneth Branagh, even though he may be up for best director in a couple of days and, and it's going to have all these Oscar nom, nom, noms. He's kind of less famous than he was a few years ago, just by virtue of being a few years older. Mm-hmm. And so the star power of this movie, and Russell Brand is in this, and, uh, you know. He never broke America. He never broke America, and this is not going to be what breaks him. And the other thing, the negative of Death on a Nile is also, this movie was made by 20th Century Fox before the Disney purchase. And we're just seeing Disney is just burning off all these remaining 20th Century Fox releases and this one especially this this is a movie that seems like it's finally being released based on contractual obligations yes you got to think it has some sort of thing in its contract where all uh, new mutants that it has to have a theatrical release because otherwise this would have been on hulu ages ago yes yes um so yeah, it's interesting that it is tracking at 12 to 17 million because you know, yeah, to to a certain audience it does have it is an IP. You know, this is Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie. I guess I'm I'm young enough that I don't have a full command of the uh saying that IP, but it's an Agatha Agatha Christie series. So it yes. is IP. 
but it is not IP that matters to teenagers and 20-somethings. So, yeah, I think this could do... God, is it going to do a moonfall? Is it going to do 10 million? Well, that's my thing. Is it? Well, that's my thing. Is will it do as bad as Moonfall? And I think it'll do a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, it's gotta because it's star-studded in a way where, as much as you're saying these stars are not at the highest level, they're still bigger names than the ones mm-hmm. that were in Moonfall. Well, it, the Death on the Nile cast is akin to those Gary Marshall holiday movies that would come out. Where oh, the cast on those, no, those are bigger names than these people. Those are bigger names, but the the appeal of those type of movies were, oh, there's so many people in yes. this movie. You're right, you're right. You know, I, you know that usually in a movie there's two or three stars you've heard of. In this movie, there's 11. You know, when Death on the Nile has a little bit of that. Well, wait, is Diarmas in this one or is she in the last one? In Death on the Nile? She is not in this movie. Or at least she's not listed in the cast as I'm looking at it, which goes pretty deep. Yeah. Um, So there is something to that. I do think it beats Moonfall, but not by much. I agree. Low end. I think maybe this only opens at $11 million because ulcers aren't going. Also, this is Super Bowl weekend. Mm -hmm. The Super Bowl is this Sunday, February 13th. So the oldsters are going to be watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. And they are going to be at the Pathmark or Costco or BJ's on Saturday loading up for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Super so Bowl. that's uh, two days. NFL ratings have been uh, go, uh, through the roof this season. And yeah. there's going to be more people who want to stay home to see what trailers for the next films coming mm-hmm. in 2022 are than actually going to the cinema. Yes. Yes. Oh, 100%. They 100%. want to see that the Jurassic bi- World Dominion, is that what it's called? Yes. Trailer? Oh yeah, that that trailer is a bigger draw than any of the three movies coming out this weekend. Um Well, speaking of the third movie, this is actual mm-hmm. counter programming. Mhm. Marry Me, starring J-Lo mm-hmm. and Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. This is a rom-com, and it is tracking from anywhere from 7 to 12. It's also day and date on Peacock, which I uh, don't approve of, but is how I'm going to watch it. And I think we may be together that weekend, so that's how we're going to watch it. Yes, yes. There is a good chance the B.O. boys will be watching Marry Me together on Super Bowl weekend. Yes. Not um, in lieu of the Super Bowl, huh? Just We're as- going to watch the big game, huh? Are we? I mean, I guess we'll find out. God, this is, this is very much an episode that is subject to, you know, we already tested the patience of Jeff Bezos earlier in the show. And now we're we're saying Super Bowl over and over again. And I'm not sure if we legally can or if this whole time we should have been saying the big game well as as an educational podcast Mm non-for-profit it's Mm -hmm. fair use Mm -hmm. we are a not we aren't critics huh but we are analysts 
Right. And there is free use for analyzing or okay. commentary. And that's what we're doing. Okay, great. Uh, just to be safe, though, I think going forward, you know, in case there is some kind of you're allowed to say it this many times in a you know certain amount of time, let's stick with the big game anyway going forward, just okay. to be on the safe side. Great, the big game. So of, of the three movies coming out this weekend, this Friday, February 11th, which do we think is subject to be most hurt? by the big game and which of these movies maybe is in some way helped by this being big game weekend i mean i think black light is hurt by it i think death on the nile is hurt by it and i think marry me is the only one not to be cliched but i think it's the only one that may profit from going up against the big game because it's counter-programming right it's counter-programming it's a rom-com so it's the audience for that movie may go see it on Sunday instead of staying home and watching the big game, though it, it really is absurd to imagine anyone who's not home to watch the big game on Sunday. It's it's just one of those cultural events that even if you don't want to watch it, you're going to get pulled into it. But what I could see is there are people who say, I'm going to watch the big game with you on Sunday. So either Friday or Saturday, we go see Marry Me to even things out for the weekend. Well, Since that's those we are two rem- polar opposite entertainment properties. We got to remember, too, that the weekend isn't just Sunday. The weekend is Friday. Well, Thursday night, Friday and Saturday. Right. I right. think being available on Peacock is going to is going to be what makes this movie low. It, it, it's it's going to make less money because ultras aren't going to the theater, but also older women are not going to the theater. And that's what Mm -hmm. this film is aimed for. Yeah. So I'm looking at, you know, we talked about some comps for marry me. Um, The romantic comedy genre itself has been dormant for a long time to the point where we could not find and if if we're off and something we missed one, email us at the Boys Podcast at gmail.com. But we could not find a theatrically theatrically released romantic comedy in either 2020 or 2021. Mm-hmm. We had to go back to the Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron two-hander long shot in May of 2019 as the last romantic comedy we could find that opened in movie theaters and i, I was specific. so surprised about that it, there could be something like broken mm-hmm. hearts club or one of those films but the reason why we're using the long shot as a comp is that mm. this is a high concept romantic comedy with mm. stars in it yes yes marry me has stars j-lo and owen wilson are 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 stars and yeah this is classic rom-com stuff yeah and it's and again owen wilson is not at the peak he was when he was in the the wedding crashers or drill bit taylor or you and me and dupree the shanghai films the shanghai uh duology 
Yeah. This, this this is obviously, but he is a name. He is a name. He's somebody that yeah. people know. He can go out and promote. Right. And J J Lo is back in the news because she's back with Ben, and she mm-hmm. had a huge hit with Hustlers. So mm-hmm. she is in the zeitgeist again. And so this is the kind of this is the type of film that we can look at and say, yes, these are two stars in a movie like Seth mm-hmm. Rogen and Charlize Theron. Now, the thing that skews the long shot or long shot is that it went up against Endgame, which just yes. demolished it. And I think made made companies scared to put rom-coms in the theater. And then when the pandemic hit. It made it even harder because any rom-com that was supposed to come out went either to a streamer or PVOD or or somewhere, or it was mm-hmm. released on Netflix because it was where romance, you know, rom-coms now live. So mm-hmm. it is crazy that it's been three years at this point, almost. Yeah, and I I'm trying to think of I mean one one pops to mind Palm Springs. That came out uh, in 2020 on Hulu, but I I'm also trying to think of were there any other movies like Palm Springs that had it not been for the pandemic were even supposed to be theatrical movies that got moved to streaming. I love, think the Love the Birds, bigger, it, the Love Birds, right? The the Kumal Nanjiani uh, uh, movie. Uh, That's Ray. right. That was and Ray. That was that was supposed to be theatrical. It does seem like they just don't make that many of these anymore. You not know, for not theatrical like a... release. Yeah. Um and the long sh- yeah, long shot came out in May 2019, opened to 9.7, so really bad opening weekend. But it is crazy in retrospect they opened anything against Endgame. Um you can't counter program these movies, but Marry Me is is sort of opening up against the you know a an equivalent of Endgame and that it's opening up against the big game and why do you know we'll see if Marry Me comes in even under its expectations I think it really shows you do not open these movies as counter programming to a game of any kind the big game an end game if there's a game just d- don't try and counter-program these games. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, I am oddly higher on Marry Me than on either of the other releases, even with the Peacock thing, because, I mean, Peacock is, of all the streaming services, it's the one that their subscribers least realize they are subscribed to Peacock. Yes. So I I do think there will be a lot of peop- people who have Peacock who just don't even know that they could watch Marry Me on their TV this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a lot of people who have Peacock just for the WWE Network content, and they're probably not going to realize that there's shows other than WWE Network on Peacock, you know. Um, and I'm looking at J-Lo's last couple of years, and... You know, Hustlers did come out in September 2019 and was a huge hit. It opened up to $33 million opening weekend. Jeez. I just don't think that's a bad It's an outlier. No, no. It's an outlier, but it does show that 
even in the last two years, she had a big hit movie. And she was the draw of that movie, for sure. Um, And then I'm just looking. Let's see if she had. I know she had second act, and that opening weekend, I think, was around 10. But let me double check. That opening weekend for second act in 2018 was, wow, that was pretty low. $6.4 million, but it legged out to 40 domestically. So, yeah, I mean, J-Lo back in full rom-com mode. I actually think this is going to surprise and make around 11 million. I mean, mm, it's, it's death on the Nile. So. I'm going I, they're, high. They're not going to go old, old women are not going to go see this move. They're not going to go to the theater. Not, not in the amount that needs to go to the theater to make this a success. And young, no, women, I, I don't think young women have any interest in Owen Wilson. I don't think they have interest in Owen Wilson, but I do think they have interest in J-Lo. I agree. This, if this movie does any business this weekend, it's not going to be because of the oldsters. No movies are right now. But I do think J-Lo is someone who the young people do care about. You know, in a way, they don't care about Holly Berry and Moonfall. But I think J-Lo is moving her fandom into the younger generation. Well, okay, let's here here we go. So what we got to do your top 5. What's your top 5? This is this is going to be right. a toughie. It's going to be real tough. I mean, cuz the other thing is the number 1 movie last weekend was Jackass Forever, 23 and a half million, and this is going to have a huge drop. So if Jackass Forever has a 60% drop, then that means it will drop 12 million and end up at around 11 million. Is that what that means? 23 would be 12. It would be. Well, yeah, half would be um, like about 14. No, actually, a 60% drop for Jackass would be taking it down to about nine, nine and a half million. And, and these, and, and the Jackass movies are famously uh, preloaded. They're, they're, um, yeah. Yeah. They, they have bad drops. They're, they're horror movie-esque drops. Plus, you know, we're seeing everything in the past year that opens number one usually has a 50% plus drop. The Jackass so crew take it, bad falls and their films have bad falls. Yes. So if Jackass ends up at around nine million for its second weekend, does that mean that Death on the Nile and Marry Me both end up ahead of it in my estimation? Oh, I, I don't am gonna say that. Okay. I'm saying Marry Me is gonna get to twelve million. Death on the Nile, eleven million. Jackass Forever. Number three is going to come in number three at nine million. Spider Man No Way Home will be number four, and Moonfall will be number five. And um, uh, Black Light is not going to be in the top five. No, not even close. That's, so, those are my top five. Moonfall wow. goes down to five, Spider Man No Way Home is at four. And Scream is at six, I guess. Okay, so I think 
number one will be Death on the Nile. Okay. Number two, I think, is Jackass Forever. Okay. Number three, I think, is Marry Me. Mm Mm-hmm. Number four, I think, is Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think number five is, God, Moonfall, I feel like it's just going to crash huge. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, oh God, it's either, I either want to go with Sing 2 or Scream. It's tough though, because even Moonfall falling. I think it falls 70%. So if it falls 70%, that means it makes $3 million next weekend. And I think Sing could Sing could drop. It's only dropped eleven. Sing could drop three percent. So go for it. You I'm going to say Sing two. two. I'm going to say Sing two is number five. Wow. I mean, this is going to be a fun weekend to follow. Yeah. Because there's a lot of new product, and there's no guaranteed surefire hit. I think there's a guaranteed surefire bomb, which is uh, Blacklight. But past Mm -hmm. that, there's so many ways that this could go. And, you know, gambling this weekend is going to be off the charts because of the big game. But, uh, I mean, I really think that the the fun money to bet is going to be what is the order of the box office this weekend. Because to me, that's, that's what's exciting. I mean, I hope Jackass uh, goes against trend and holds, and the 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 oldsters hear it's so great, and they come out in mm-hmm. droves, and this drop is in the forties. That would be my yeah. Because if that's the case, that it's going to be number one. Because I yeah, don't think any but, of these other movies are strong. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 see if J Lo has some juice this weekend. You know, I know hustlers again. September 2019, that's a lifetime ago, but... Not a comp, not close to even a comp. It's true crime, which women love. I just don't think it's a comp. But it's it's her as a star. You know, again, Marry Me is going to be largely based on can J-Lo get younger people to go out to the movie theater to see what she's up to. And she was able to do it September of 2019. Again, long time ago, but it's it's our last movie, so we'll see. All right, well, Pat, we we did it. Where where can they find us? There's so much for them e- to chew on. Email us at the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, let us, I mean, let us know what you think. Uh, the order of these new movies are going to be this weekend. Let us know your thoughts on the the movies. Of course. We love getting emails from our wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people. people. Uh, got a great email from Danny this past weekend who was really excited about Jackass. He called this film a win-win for the box office, and he was really excited for us to clap for what Johnny Knoxville and the crew and Paramount Pictures were up to by bringing us Jackass Forever. And check out Danny's podcast, which is called I Screen, You Scream, Four Movies. The U is the letter U. The four is the number four. And it's a really cool podcast where 
this wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person. person. Do we give? Gives, I, I, I mean, do we give Jackass Forever a, a, just a small clap? Let's give let's give a, let's give Johnny Knoxville and the crew a clap right now. You ready? Let's yeah. Clap. Short clap though. All right, there we go. There we go. Great, great, great clap. Great email from Danny. Email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. And Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say except for until next time. We'll, we'll smell you at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.